Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I hope you all are having an amazing day. Tonight we have a very special guest. I know I say that every week, but I'm very excited because Melissa Hutchinson is going to be our guest tonight. And I've had the opportunity to know Melissa and work with Melissa for about five years now. Not only is she an amazing voice actress, but she's an amazing person too. So I'm so excited to start this interview. I'm sure that we probably have a lot of Melissa fans joining the stream. Hi, Hi Melissa. Hi. Yay. How are you? I'm good. Sorry. The I have to show you. I don't I don't think you've met Maple. <gasps> no. This is my disclaimer portion of getting to chat with you, which I'm so happy about, is if you hear barking. Yes. Unfortunately it's just the Chihuahua. Hey. Chihuahua, welcome. Chihuahua, welcome. It's so Hi. good to see you. You too. Welcome to the Wonderland. Yay. Happy Hi. to be here. Mm, I know. Does yeah. Maple also have a fan page? She does. <laughs> does she really? <laughs> On Instagram, it's at Tiny Maple Marie. Now, is that run by you or is yeah, that? Yeah, okay, totally. okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very well, unfortunately. I. I'm not so great at the socials, so I've been slacking on her page, but whatever. She does have one. I know. It, it is, it, you always have the best intentions about creating the right vibe for your pet dog or like in our situation, our um, trailer has its own social media page. Oh. So, <laughs> but I'm wow. always slacking on that as well. But it's fun just to have a little side project that's just like yeah. for fun. Totally. Is it? Is the lighting okay? I'm only asking just because this is one thing that the pandemic has taught me is if you paint your walls yellow, yeah, it <laughs> makes for really, are we allowed to curse a little bit on this? Yeah. yeah. Really shitty lighting. But if I turn it on, <laughs> if I turn this light on, then it's like, <sighs> so anyways, I wow. just want to double check. I think you look beautiful. Thank mm -hmm. you. So do you. It's again, it's so good. I know we've been able to actually talk on the phone yeah. and communicate with each other recently. And it's, it's been good because I've definitely missed you. So I miss you too. We used yeah. to, get to see each other like every week. And All the time. It's been a long time. So it has. Well, has. cheers girl. Um, yeah. Cheers. Oh yes. Yeah, so look at that. Very festive. It's actually an apple pie. Drink martini. I'm not sure exactly. Oh, and sugar on it too. I thought you were going for the kombucha. The hard kombucha. I know what we were out. This is just bourbon. <laughs> it's like all I had. Cheers. Anybody else want to join at home too? Cheers, everyone. Thank you for for joining. Hi. Thank you guys for joining. And I can see we have a lot of Melissa fans here. So. Thanks, guys. A little bit about the show. It's called Allison's Wonderland. This is actually the third incarnation. It started as a web series in 2007, and then it became 
uh, podcast, and we almost had you on like three years ago oh, yeah. or something, about yeah. maybe more than that at this point. And um, we just rebooted it last month. Hi, Sam, as an Instagram TV show. So hello, low-hanging fruit, super easy to do, and perfectly pandemic-proof because we can be talking in our own separate worlds. Totally. Yeah, it's been, for all the complaining I do about social media, <laughs> let me like finish that with some positive. It, it has been really cool, and especially with Instagram. I've actually found, honestly, Instagram, and especially with Instagram Live now, has become my favorite platform to engage in and getting to do interviews this way has been really cool and you're kind of already answering my question actually so i'll just launch into that in terms of connecting with your fans now that conventions are off the table and large gatherings for who knows how long what is the best way right. for fans to be able to reach out and connect with you well <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I answered it. You know, I was actually really active on Twitter for, not really active, really active for me. I, and I was like psyched on it because I was like, oh, you could, you could, you'd have to very just get to the point. You can only say so, use so many characters. And I was pretty good. When the pandemic started, for some reason, I just went into like this mode of like, Meh. I think just self-preservation of having to deal with what was going on. So Instagram has been my go-to. I'm horrible at my Facebook page. Sorry. But I actually do respond to that. I'm on Cameo, so which is basically kind of at this point has taken the place-ish of conventions where people can, you know, purchase videos that I can send them shout outs and love and all that. Okay. Uh, so that's what, give me like a 101 breakdown of Cameo for those of, that might not know. Well, I mean, it's cool. They've actually changed their platform a bit that now people can, so people can find you on this app, Cameo, and request a video message from me or whomever else you are choosing to purchase from a Cameo. It does cost there money. No there is, yeah. <laughs> Even though like uh, Brad Pitt's on there, actually he's not, I don't think Brad Pitt's on there, but yeah, it's me. Why would you want to hear from anybody else? I mean, come on. And, you know, uh, they've added a feature where you, they, people, the people uh, getting the buying, purchasing the video request mm -hmm. can send videos and you can message, which uh -huh. is cool because I really, what I loved about conventions and, and I know will come back uh, is interacting with people. Like it's one thing to send out messages of love, but ultimately what makes me so grateful is the one-on-one -on -one connection. So they do have it now that, that you can, for the most part, write messages to each other. Whoever purchases it, you can actually like, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 and, and chat. And then, yeah, it is, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. And I, and I try as much as possible with Instagram and Twitter to respond to people and, and, and send love back. Because I know it's, I'm just so humbled yeah. and just again i mean i use the word hey everybody take a drink whenever she says the word grateful what is Make it what's the word was there a secret Gr grateful grateful. Yeah. grateful 10 minutes in you'll be like drunk so, so yeah grateful. that's been what about you like what are you what are you finding as far as well i mean besides doing what you're doing right now <laughs> well it's interesting i mean i was off social media completely off everything for i know months yeah i i just got off i was working on a screenplay that i wanted to write and i needed to carve out some time between work and being a mom sure so i'm like okay that's probably like 
10 hours a week or maybe a lot more. I don't know. I, right. It was great. And I loved, loved being off social media. I didn't miss it. I thought I was going to, I'm so, you know, the habit is so ingrained that I thought I would miss it. And I didn't miss it at all. But the hard part was getting back on. I didn't want to be a digital nomad forever. And I thought that's probably not a great way to get people excited about me working on a project. So I knew I had to come back and I just kept delaying it and delaying it. And the only thing that got me excited was the idea of like rebooting this and having something to offer because everything that's going on globally and what I'm hoping to, people will resonate with is positivity and love and fun. Sure. And how, yeah. how can I how can I bring that when there's a global pandemic and we're all experienced so much suffering and you don't want to whitewash your personal experience or downplay the experience of, of others. So I'm like, what can I offer that is like ch- just changing the channel on that for a little bit. Right. And so with that, this is what actually got me back on. It got me excited. So yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm grateful. Huh? <laughs> <that> you are <laughs> grateful. That you are doing it. And, and yeah, it's, it's been, there's been uh, several times where I felt like I'm kind of spinning out. And, and the one thing that is unique to this situation is sometimes you're spinning out and you literally are personally spinning out. I mean, there is the expression that remember that everyone's going through something, but during this literally on the days where I'm like, all right, just, this is just needs to end and I don't understand. And, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I, I personally feel so horrible. And then you're like, Oh yeah. So does like half the fucking world right now. So, or more. So with this platform and, and what you're doing, it's, it's been a really, and, and other ways of connecting with fans. It's been, it's been so helpful for myself and just communally. Is that a word? Communally? Did I just make that up? It's a word. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> where's my script i just i want that this, i just like picturing like a communal bacchanal of like things for us to share but then i just think oh it has to be virtually so yes communal yeah by the way if anybody um is interested this show happens every wednesday at 6 p.m pst and then the replays are just available on instagram tv so feel free to like follow subscribe <laughs> no i don't know I, I don't know what the youtube well, is okay. that's what the youtube i think is. that's I it know. I don't know what the what the IGTV people say, but I see a lot of really good questions coming in below, and it's a little more difficult for me to keep up with stuff. So if you don't mind putting it in the question box, then we will get to it when we do like the Q and A portion. So a lot of good questions, just type them in in the question box. Well, I thought you were I, telling me to do that. I was like, I don't know how to do that. You don't need to. <laughs> what you do I just do? sit back and look pretty. <laughs> no, but I did. I do like that. Nick's mellow said we look like two friends who watch Netflix together on Saturday night. <laughs> I can't believe we don't. And my question <laughs> to you true. is: Right, they have Netflix party. What are you watching? Uh, yeah, what the hell am I watching? Well, it's interesting because I definitely went on like a, a good old fashioned BBC masterpiece Ooh. theater kick. No. So, oh yes. So I, I don't know why I married my wife. No, a few a series that are newish ish. Oh. So I blasted through Poldark. I am totally spacing on the actor's name right now. He was in The Hobbit. He's hot. Let's just be honest. Anyways, so Poldark. Googling hot actor. Yeah, from, the, from Hobbit. the Hobbit. Poldark. It's a really good series. So I, after that ended, I was like, what do I watch now? And then I started watching like 
just got hooked into the BBC. I'm watching like Grantchester. There was another series called Sanditon that I watched. What the hell else? I, I rewatched Stranger Things because Ooh. it's so good. I feel like there must be something newer that I'm totally forgetting. Oh, well, The Mandalorian, of course. That's basically some of the best Star Wars I've seen since since the late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm. I know. I know. I'm totally spacing on like a massively important series that I just watched, and I'm totally like drawing a blank right now as to what it is. If it isn't that what it is, it gives you a minute to draw a blank instead of thinking about everything that's happening globally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting, though. I haven't been. I've been in very. So as you know, I split my time between the Bay Area and Los Angeles. And uh, when this kind of went down, you know, all of a sudden us voice actors were like, you know, must have professional broadcast studio. And I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have that. If that's I would have had, they need the big bag. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they pay studio. Like, bring me to the studio. Yeah, I and it was. I mean, if I would have been psychic, I of course would have. You know, you know, I live in a small one bedroom apartment up here in the Bay, and I live in a small apartment down in LA, and I just, I didn't know this was going to happen. Nobody did. So this is a long story. It will get shorter. So I've been. I have access to a private studio with a very good friend of mine who normally makes albums for musicians yeah. so he like and so I've been like the only actress going in to this studio yeah. and and it's been I'm very fortunate but honestly instead of like I kind of felt like when this first happened I could have fallen prone to like staying inside and just blasting through show after show after show but I had this opposite reaction of just and here in the Bay Area so spoiled but of just like leaving my apartment and heading up into the hills and basically just hiking and walking and processing for hours. It's so funny because you and I are so aligned in that way that the only thing that has been freeing is like connecting to nature, getting out, breathing the fresh air and feeling like there's been many times historically that have been super challenging Mm -hmm. and they, these are tough times. These are challenging yeah. times. But when you connect to nature and you're like, this tree is burning up for 200 years. Yeah, they're fine. They're <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. Well, here, I mean, yeah. you know, they rotted parts and, and right. that's what sometimes what life is. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of people asking about Clementine. Will you do a little of the voice for us? Well, I guess we'll start with season one because she was just like a little kid and that was those were pretty cool times it was pretty scary though and we'll just go through the ages and you know season two happened thankfully because she was protected by lee and she learned how to survive and then she was still not bitten and in season three she had definitely gone through some pretty heavy shit that was her like kind of badass dirty hairy phase And then season four, she got AJ back, and now she's in mom mode. And it's been really cool to try to raise a kid, but also very difficult. But you know what? We're still not bitten, kind of. I'm not going to spoil that one. Sorry. (laughs) I just thought I'd just go through the years. Clem through the years. That's Um, amazing. It's, I can't. You know, it's just, it's such, I mean, as you well know in our industry, anytime you 
get to spend time with a reoccurring and ongoing character of any kind. It's, 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 it's magic. It's why we do what we do is because it's just what a cool job. And it's just, you know, it's why we do what we do because we love it to get to actually progress in age with this character, this amazingly written character which I take no claim to, people. All Every line that I said, it's not like they're like, oh, I improv some stuff, and what do you think Clem would say? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I'm not, you know, not a writer. Working with the writers at Telltale Games is just was such an amazing, mind-blowing experience. And then to have the fan base, all you beautiful people out there, as, I mean, just such an incredible community of humans. The games industry, I'm definitely not... I, pointing or saying and trying to say anything negative but you know sometimes people take games in, in different ways and have different emotions about them but I just really like have experienced nothing but love from the community of the Walking Dead fans it's been surreal honestly and and how challenging to have Telltale kind of close up I mean yeah that was crazy that was like I mean I was in the recording session for the final episode of season four when that the happened. The emotional final episode? We literally, the director, Jack Fletcher, who, oh God, amazing. I don't know if you've worked with him before. He's done, he's, I'm sure if you Googled him, you'd be like, oh yeah. He started the session not knowing, he didn't know that we were going to literally be interrupted midway through with this news but he started saying hey you know we normally go in order of the script but today I want to start with that final scene and it's the scene with me and AJ again I won't say too much it was so emotional and he did it in a way where he was like he's like I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you just go for it and let's just do a take and see what happens and we were going through lines and I did it and then he gave me this direction and he was like okay now I want you to read it again with the knowledge that this is going to be the very last time you are speaking as Clementine. And I was like, ah, you know, just like lost my shit. And you'd think that was the magical take. There's probably way too much blubbering in it. I think we went with the take after that. <laughs> but about 15 minutes later, we kind of, you know, moved on and someone came in the room and base, he just like, he's like, you know, give us, give us a minute. We were, I was in LA they were in the bay and we were all on Skype. He mutes it, comes back on. And he's like, oh, we need to wrap it up. And I'm like, there's two hours left in the session. Like, what's going on? Uh, and I immediately left and called a friend who works at Telltale. And he told me that they shut the, literally, we're like, you guys have 30 minutes to get your shit and get out. We're shutting the doors. And it was just like, I was, I was, I've never experienced so much pain beyond like an actual death of like someone you love or a pet you love. Like it was that kind of pain. Oh, and not just for myself. It was, I definitely had like yeah. uh, the fans in mind, obviously. And then these workers who are all of a sudden like, oh, we live in the Bay Area and we don't have jobs and we're going to lose our health insurance in <laughs> like a week. Like it was horrible. I laugh now, but it was, yeah, it was so heavy. It, you as the actor, you are the face of hundreds of people working behind the scenes, doing every single aspect from promotions to boarding to animation and all, 
audio editing and everything. So I can imagine like as an empath and to be able to be an actor, you have to be some level of empath. And so sometimes right. it is hard to be in this world, but you've taken on hopes and dreams of a whole lot of people. Right. And then to have to take that in I can imagine that would be. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, they had released the first two episodes, uh, right? I don't know. Someone can probably write it. It's all like, I think the third one should have theoretically almost been out. It was almost out. So that was also just like, you know, we made it that far. I mean, the fact that Skybound, I mean, it made sense. I had given it. always know it was going to be five at that point? Like It was four four episodes. Okay. Sorry. Four. Okay. Yeah, they, and, and I don't know, I don't know why it never occurred to me. I mean, I, you know, I processed, I worked through it. We all worked through it as a community. We healed, we mourned, we healed. And it was like autumn, it was like September or something when I was visiting family in Springfield, Missouri, where I'm from. And I got a call from the vice uh, president of Skybound Games. And I was like, I was about to go out with friends. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer this because I don't, know what's going on so i went out and had a good night and <laughs> sorry dan no offense but i was just like and he's then, not watching this yeah no why not i'm gonna text him right now oh wait there's my phone <laughs> and he could watch the replay i can't guarantee you he's not watching the replay but i've not seen him on the stream yeah he uh, so anyways i whatever after i went out and saw my friend's band play and i'm we're in the uber home and someone from telltale games texted me saying oh my god still not bitten and Clementine lives and all these things are coming in. And then Robert Kirkman had announced that day at New York Comic-Con that that Skybound Games was going to finish the series. And even then, you'd think it would have been an immediate, like, huzzah, yay, everything's good. But I was, like, super guarded because I was like, well, okay, that's that's great, but are we going to be working with the original crew from Telltale? Like, it needs to be their story. Like, how's this getting? I was all protective and, like, in denial. But when you were that? I think someone just said it was two years ago. Feels like it was like 12 years ago. Let's ask the audience. Yeah, I think it was like two years ago. Um, Yeah, it must have been. And ASA Allie. Hey, Allie. 97. So the first two were from Telltale. The third and the fourth came out like Skybound. Yeah. Thank you for fact-checking us. Yeah. So anyways, it just, I mean, it only makes sense. It's Robert Kirkman's, I mean, it's his, The Walking Dead is his universe. Uh, Skybound Games and Robert Kirkman have always been involved. Skybound in general. Yeah, it's just funny that it never occurred to me that he'd be the one to like save it. And I know I'm seeing a lot of people asking. Yes, I did. So we're let's go back to New York Comic Con virtual pandemic days. Uh, Virtual pandemic, not actual pandemic. That he (laughs) yes, virtual (laughs) pandemic. That he did just make an announcement that. Clem is somehow going to be involved in the universe. Ooh, let's speculate what what could be happening. She's got two kids, mortgage. She's got age, yeah. <laughs> All right, because mortgages. Like at this point in the in the in the zombie apocalypse, they banks have reformed. <laughs> Someone is monetizing that. Right. Politics sucks. Some <laughs> there's a president that nobody likes. Yay! It's actually nice. a zombie fight, though. So right, right. So here are my theories. Please, nobody every or let me just say right away, I have zero idea. Nobody's reached out to me. I have no clue. My theories. Well, there's three. There's three theories that you have we, three that are yours. Three that, yeah, if I was a fan, like, what's he going to do? What's Robert Kirkman going to do? 
I think it'll either be an involvement with a comic book, like her written into a comic series. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, uh, again, okay. nobody take okay. me too seriously because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about pretty much ever. <laughs> what would be the best option is, of course, something involving like Five, an animated more, series. Something animated series, yes. Or a new... With your friend Allie in it. Why not? <laughs> hell yes. You know it. I would definitely push for that. Or... Or the or the show AMC Universe. I don't know. Obviously, if that's the case, I mean that would still be thrilling. But you unfortunately, <laughs> Clem and I. She's a little bit younger than me. I'm a little more Irish looking. I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So, um, so to answer people's questions, I honestly don't know what's going on. But he did throw that out. That is legit. All right, so everybody can write in and request animated series. Animated series. Animated series. Or, or another, I mean, the game is basically plays like an animated series. So, that I mean, that would be amazing. But I, mean, I don't... It would, it would be cool. I mean, do you think... How far forward have they gone in the universe with the, other, with the show and stuff? Well, the comics ended. He ended the comic. Uh, the show actually... God, is it season 10? Sorry. I, sh- I think it's season 10. And I think they announced one more season and they're ending that. Wow. But then there's like spinoffs happening. There's like a Rick movie. And I don't know. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. But I think the series yeah. itself is, is has one more and then they're done. Something like that. How about HBO's The Last of Us series, a new character you're playing? Hey. Oh, something you can talk about? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Shit, my agent hasn't called me on that one yet. Rumor. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I did hear there is going to be a Last of Us is a series or something on the HBOs or something. I'm not involved unless Thank you me. are a psychic and know something I don't. And if that's the case. Thank you. That excites I did do some like ancillary voices in The Last of Us 2 that just came out. So like I don't even know if it's a word. I'm like I'm just throwing out words I don't even know what they mean anymore. Ancillary. You know, this is like the the easiest interview ever. I I wrote all these questions but the audience just has so many more <laughs> questions. So I mean apparently let's let's go to the tape. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Someone just said you were that person that Abby talks to. Yes, I. Yes, Abby. Like I'm like a townsfolk or something where you can like ask me something. I'm like, well, sorry, Abby, don't have that today. Check back tomorrow. You know, these are very, really good questions, but I think we need to start at the beginning. All right. Thirty minutes into the interview. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'm ready. How did you get your start in voice acting? I know we, there's a lot of questions about microphones and stuff like that. And all that stuff is easy to find out if you go to Google and um, like George Widom, look him up or just even how to break into voiceover. That type of stuff is pretty easy to find if you Google it. But what isn't easy to find is like the first person accounts of like how somebody actually did it. Because everybody's story is going to be a little bit different. So can you share with us your story? Well, as it turns out, when I was a kiddo, I wanted to either be a veterinarian, a race car driver, or an actress. Still want to be a race car driver. It's up there. Yeah. But That's I, a total side tangent. Did you break the space racers? Party? Did you oh. Go to, 
the space racers party where we had the, the go-kart oh yeah i sucked so badly <laughs> <laughs> it was really upsetting i was actually emotionally hurt by the fact that i was a horrible like electric go-kart racer i was like what is happening yeah so i for those of you guys that don't know melissa and i were on a a tv show called space racers it was for preschool it focused on stem learning science technology engineering yeah i was gonna say i know i'm like (laughs) you got this sometimes they throw an a in there and they make it steam but they for the season two rap party was at like a go-kart place so when melissa said she wanted to be a race car driver i thought oh my god that must have been the best day of your life but apparently no no. I mean, I was okay. I shouldn't crap on it too badly. It was it was a lot of fun. I was injured. I was definitely injured. Racing the cars? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, knocking major, around. Yeah, knocking around some big time. Yeah. Um, well, I also so, didn't know that after you had a drink, they made you stop racing. So I only got in like two <laughs> laps because I was like, it's time for a glass of wine. And then they're like, yeah, now you can't race. I'm like, I've already... What? God dang it. Anyways, <laughs> makes sense, makes sense, makes sense, kids. So I have always had an interest in being an actress. When I was 10 years old, I'm going to date myself here because this is the days when you'd go into the newspaper and look in the theater, like audition ads. I was living in Maryland and I, I was like, I'm going to be an actress. And my mom was like, cool, that's awesome. I found an audition for a for the, a Christmas Carol. <gasps> and that was my very first play. I went. That and, was one of my first plays. Really? My first community uh, theater play. Yay. Okay. Yes. Tell that was where. literally. What theater? It was Prince George's County, Maryland, because my mom was going to law school in D.C., so we lived there for a spell, and it was amazing. I mean, at that point, I was just like, ah, I'm going to be an actress. I mean, I always wanted to be an actress. So with that being said, and this will kind of round out to a lot of answers where people are like, well, how do I get into voice acting? I have a background in, I mean, throughout junior high, high school, I, I was in, always involved in drama, drama in school, community theater. That's my background. To, to add to that, though, and how it ended up in a voiceover trajectory, I've always been obsessed with animation and doing voices and trying to emulate the voices I would hear in cartoons and match. And honestly, when The Simpsons came out, and my God, it was like 89, 88, Tracy Ullman show. And I think I was like 12, and I put together that Bart Simpson, who, you know, wow, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a a real, that's a woman. Mm -hmm. And holy crap, she's so good, because it's, it's character-y, but it's like a, good like boy voice attitude and like the attitude totally yeah like nancy cartwright nailed it and so i would me and my sister would sit around and like you know try to get the voice down and just i've always had a a fondness for character work and doing voices you know it's not like i just like and then i studied at juilliard and i don't have that i actually kind of fell out of acting my late teens early 20s and just went out into the world and did what sometimes (laughs) sometimes <laughs> people at that age do Experience. Yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> there's a grateful dead tattoo on my ankle right now oh got it when i was 18 hey kids i know i always Anyways. wonder what if we'd met each other when we were 18 i don't know it would have been amazing double trouble <laughs> double trouble double trouble for sure i can 
for sure acknowledge <laughs> that. But the best kind of trouble would have been amazing. And then, you know, I just, I did my thing. But honestly, my story is, it's funny because I, when I was at the, I'm just not a throw out to, when I was at the BAFTA Awards, but I was at the <laughs> BAFTA Awards and there was a gentleman asking me like, oh, have you ever thought of, you know, teaching classes for BAFTA, you know, your experience, how to get into voiceover? And I was like, well, honestly, I went to high school with my agent, Nate Tico, at Stars in San Francisco. And I had a really good friend who was doing like the tags for Sprint uh, PCS at the time. And and I was just like, man, I was working a job where I was so unhappy. And and I just knew in my soul, I was like, I need to get back into acting. This is ridiculous. What was that job? What was the job she was doing? That you hated. Oh, I was a restaurant manager for Pizzeria Uno's. Oh. In San Francisco, none of them exist. They all close, but they're still, it's out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Deep Dish Pizza, mm-hmm. it's a franchise. We had it was, it when I was in Boston. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you were just like, okay, what's next? And you Yeah, I was. No idea. I was, no idea. I was, <laughs> I was really unhappy. <laughs> I was commuting. I was just doing things that like, you know, look, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, and I used to be in more insecure about this when I was younger. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to tell people to not go to school, but I was always an artist. And when I was in high school, I did not do well. It wasn't like a lack of mental capabilities. It wasn't a learning thing. It was, mm-hmm. I didn't feel good and the system was set up in a way where it never nurtured what I wanted to be doing. I'd get out of school, I'd go to my community theater rehearsals and I was like, I'm home, I'm home. So like college was never a thing with me. I didn't, you know, I, I, I just had this calling that I was like, I need to get back into acting. And like, because my friend was doing these spots, I was like, oh man, I should, I should like, I should get in touch with Nate and ask him if he can give me some advice. So I went in to chat with him. It is getting really dark here. I'm going to turn this on. It may be offensive. <gasps> oh, now I look, now I look orange. This is warm. the yellow. I look warm. Pretend it's a beautiful firelight. So basically, again, long story short, I went in to talk with him to seek out advice on how to get into the voiceover industry and because he knows my past and ha- has seen me in, in theater, he was just like, look, start coming in for some auditions. We'll see how it goes. You need to take some beginner classes because you need to know what to do when you get into a booth. Yeah. And I mean, I got lucky people. Again, I should probably should have just said I got lucky, but, no, I, but I mean, I think that luck presents itself when there's a combination of talent, which you already had, and passion. Right. So exactly. Like well, you're here and you're traveling there. This, this, do you like this? I do. You're traveling, but you, you know, you, you were prepared. I mean, but yeah. then to see your meteoric rise to the top to then end up being a BAFTA nominated voice actor within five years? It was a little bit longer than that. It was about seven years. And to be honest, you know, I have nothing. It's nothing. I do have friends who are like, just start and they're like, bam, hitting the ground running the first year of doing voiceover. And this is when we were going into the studio to record (laughs) for auditions and stuff. But it was definitely, it was a slow road (laughs) in the beginning but then once I started booking, and it's funny because my first gig ever was a video game, yeah. it just started to 
you know, just the ball started rolling and yeah. So, but I did take classes. I did yeah. study. I studied at Voice One in San Francisco. I studied with a Taylor Corabo, who uh, she doesn't teach anymore, but I took the, the beginning classes. I took classes with Bob Berg, Bob Bergen. Bergen? That was yeah. say Bergman. Bergen. Well, uh, I you did know. call you Melissa Hutchinson. Friendship. <laughs> and whatever. On this post. <laughs> it's not like we go by like last name. Hey, what's up, Packer? I you know, know but we're I not like last name Melissa people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now I know, and I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Did somebody correct you on that? No, I was. Oh. I, I realized it <laughs> when I actually read the letters in the middle. Oh. <laughs> also, it's all good. yeah, maybe not the best at high school, but. Anyways, yeah, well, I I think that it also speaks to your talent. I mean, and being able to do an authentic sounding child's voice is not easy. No. There's something about not just vocally, but the energy, you know, right. it's not just teeny tiny vocal cords, but right. yeah. the way you are acting. Her. Sure. I mean, and that was an interesting thing with Clem is in, well, like Starling, Wow, gee golly, you know, she's yeah. everything so exciting. It's that <laughs> yeah. cartoony, you know, I mean, it's it's great. It's super awesome character work. But because um, of how real and heavy the content is with The Walking Dead, they, I mean, they were auditioning children for the role oh. because they needed it to be. You don't want to be playing the serious game and hear like, gee golly, Lee, should we kill that walker? You'd be like, ah, <laughs> somebody kill that character. This is horrible. <laughs> So it was like, you know, more please. <laughs> uh, and so somebody said, "Why didn't they cast the kid?" They didn't cast. I mean, yeah. thankfully, yeah, thankfully, it's just too heavy. Also, the content's too heavy. Not saying the kids can't be amazing actors. Obviously, right. in Hollywood, there's kids that I'm like, "Damn, how'd they pull that off?" How's that? If you're casting children, then you you're required to have um, a studio tutor for them. Mm. If they're working X amount of hours, and right? Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of. This was Telltale Games. I mean, at this point, they're a tiny indie game company. So none of that was even, like, on the radar. They were oh, very wow. small. I mean, that's one of the phenomenal success stories of our time is this little indie company that year just killed it with that first season. Get the opportunity to then partner. This is probably not a question for you, but an oppor the opportunity to do that franchise. So before The Walking Dead, they had, well, they'd done other franchises before. I mean, they started with, oh, well, they did Strong Bad, which I'm sure that was easy to, Strong Bad's hilarious, old, long time ago. They had done a Back to the Future game. So that they were familiar with like, you know, contacting the powers that be that make that possible to... I think Robert Kirkman with Skybound was also super open to it because he liked what their their platform was, the choose-your-own-adventure, like... It was very... Con and when they pitched it to him, I'm sure they're like, hey, man, we're going to keep it. Uh, the artwork is insane. It's so good. It's, like, right there with the comic book illustrations. And I think that they were definitely able to relate to him in a way that he was like, if anybody's going to make this game, it's going to be you guys. <laughs> so I think he was just psyched because they were so good. Their they're, telltale games were, they were master storytellers. I mean, it were, I, mean, I speak as if like they've all like magically gone away and died. They're still out there and they're still doing amazing things Check just with different companies. Oh my goodness. Check this out. Your husband doing VR. 
Ooh, wait, what? No fair. Oh no fair. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, you guys. Hi. Say hi to Melissa. You want to say hi? Hi. Hello. I haven't seen you since you were a little tiny tater tot. Bye. When do you get so big? Uh, I know he's four and a half oh, now. That's yeah, crazy. Four, I'm sorry, four and that makes, three quarters. That makes no sense. I mean, how funny was that? <laughs> Those guys. Love it. How generous was that? Is that water or is that another cocktail? <laughs> oh my God. It's Amazing. just water. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, drink really it slowly. Strong water. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, though. That's I mean, okay. That's, that's, it's okay. So that's a really interesting hypothesis. I guess that does kind of round up that story yeah. in terms of. Just lots Sorry, oh, I was just going to say, just, this, just to wrap that up, just the story-driven yeah, yeah. style that Telltale is famous for is why I think Kirkman was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And, of course, he had, you know, a lot of input on it and as well. And how many years ago was that now? Math? Oh, God, that was yeah. so, I know, it was like 2012. Eight. Yeah, I was going to say eight. Oh, my God. Did I guess It that? feels like 2008. It feels like a million years ago. I but, mean, 2008, uh, eight years, yeah. Oh, eight years, you mean. I think it's been a long time. It's yeah. been, it's been, in, it's incredible. And, and, you know, it's not like I was working constantly on that. There was, you know, a year or two in between the seasons, so. Fun games, too. Toys and stuff. Can you tell yeah. us about any of them? I, or is that, I don't know. The toys? yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that's, you know, God bless Leapfrog. That's all I have to say. You know, in, when I got my start in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. one of the toy companies, and I still work for them because I love them. I love the people that work there. I was doing like interactive toys back in the, what year? I don't know, the early 2000s, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. um, that was, you know, a big industry, you know, push the button and A, B, C, you know, like children's yeah. interactive toys. So if yeah. any of you out there have anything from Leapfrog, there's a great chance, <laughs> whether you like it or not, <laughs> my voice is coming out of that, whatever it is. Well, it's kind of funny <laughs> to think that somebody could have had your toy in the early 2000s and then played Clem later. <laughs> yeah, so different. Literally, right? you could be the voice of their childhood. I mean, yeah. their childhood through young adulthood. Uh, yes. Hey guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. So many. Do you have disco broccoli? I've, you know what? No, I do not. Sorry, I didn't mean to seem a little bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which disco broccoli? Oh, what's up with that? I, I have like a t-shirt, it's not with me, it's in LA. Disco Broccoli is in season four of The Walking Dead. I wish that Chris was here, he's the one that wrote the character. Disco Broccoli, there's like uh, these, what's the Veggie Tales or Veggie Time, or there's like veggie some animation. So uh -huh. this is like this world's version. Clem finds these action figures that are like, you know, oh God, I'm totally forgetting like, the other characters besides Disco Broccoli, like you know, turn up Pete, or I don't, I don't know, that was horrible. Like, well, also Yoko Disco had Broccoli. Those. Did, oh. you, did you play one of those? Those like, there was a Disco Broccoli guy in Yokai Watch, the the dancing trio, or something like that. Do you remember that? God, now I'm, I am. I'm vaguely remember those three. 
Oh, That's yeah, no, point. it totally was. Of course. What are you talking about? You and I were like <laughs> <laughs> one of those three. We were probably the three. I think it was 75 characters. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. That was not a complaint. Like, Yokai Watch was like, we and, got to work it and like and think fast. <laughs> yeah. It was like, we have 12 characters that you need to voice today. <laughs> Here's what so. they look like. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know. I, for, for those of anybody, if, I don't know if you guys watched Yokai Watch, which is airing on Disney XD. It was originally from Japan, and we played brothers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother. Well, how's it going? I haven't seen you for so long. I don't know, brother. Were you Komasan or Komajira? I don't remember. Well, I was Komasan. You're Komajira. That's right. I'm Komajira. Thank you for telling me, brother. <laughs> That's right. I was the one that rapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were way more hip. Komasan was like, oh, oh, my swirls. Oh, like, my he was like, swirls. I don't know what's happening. Hillbilly. I totally got to rock my, like, hillbilly Ozarkian roots. Roots oh, for that one. Yes. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you left the Ozarks? Well, my parents got divorced when I was quite young. So, technically, my dad and my fam, a lot of my family are still there. It's, mm -hmm. but my mom. So my dad's always been there. I did a lot of hopping back and forth, so I never really left the I still haven't left the Ozarks. I'm very tied to it in many, many ways. You're a multi-dimensional, uh, multi... Um, I am... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want it just, to say bi-coastal, but if it's like... Well, kind of. I mean, with my mom, with my mom, yeah. we did live on the East Coast, and then she moved us to San Francisco in 89. So I've been in California since then, but... Yeah, I've ah. gone back to Springfield to live with uh, my dad, and then I have a lot of friends and connections there. So, yeah. <laughs> Still wow. tied to the Ozarks. That's amazing. Let's see. I, it's a lot of questions coming in. Let me check and see. You know, I think this is a really good question from Jab. So you commute from San Francisco to LA, but they're very far apart from each other. How do you make that work? Ooh, at first it was a little like, what am I doing? I just still work up in the Bay Area so much and have clients that are yeah. <sighs> kind of tied to recording up here. And I don't know, it's also been my home since, well, 1989, we've established that. At first it was tricky, but I committed. I was like, look, I need to, and in order, as you know, with LA agents, they won't mess around. They're like, are you here? Are you available? Yeah. And the answer needs to be yes, 1000% all the time, you know, unless you have something literally you're not available, but you can always record you for an alley studio too. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be looking into that. I mean, obviously right now it's crazy, but yeah. in the beginning, it was a little uh, much. I just committed to the fact that I'm like, hey, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my car. I'm going to jump on the Southwest flights and book flights and then shuffle them around and be available to be in Los Angeles when I can and, and just spend time there. Because the thing with L.A., and I discovered this because even being in the industry as long as I have been, you know, I walked down there like, hello, I've won the VGA and I'm BAPTA nominated. And it was like, you know, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, shit. This is going to be difficult. You have to commit to the L.A. scene and you have to be there. So, I mean, even in the beginning, if I didn't have work booked, I would go down there 
and spend time because I'm a firm believer, as I'm sure you are sure we've talked about this, being in a space and manifesting Mm. things to happen. And and when you're in a space and you're present and you're visualizing how you want it to be, that eventually it will, it will happen for you. So it was tricky because there were times where I was wanted to take the frustrated route of like, oh man, like, ugh, you know, I've, I've committed to living this dual life. But every time I started to have doubt and I'd put my focus and my intentions back together and my agent would call me, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I would ever give up on LA. This is, it's where animation is. It's where games are. It's where, it's where, it's where the industry is. But you don't think you'll ever give up on SF either? If, if anything, I mean, it's interesting because I've been having this conversation a lot and right now it's, it's like, there's no point in pondering it because I'm kind of stuck where I am as far as the world being closed down. Although they are opening studios in LA more and more. Yeah, today was the first day I was actually in a studio since early March. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah. great to not yeah. have to ride the levels on my own session. Turn down the gain. Turn yeah. up the gain. What's the gain? That was perfect, <laughs> but you peaked. So yeah. do it again. Are you going to call three hours later? Like, okay, so everything we recorded was bad. You're going to need to redo it. I, I committed to needing to still have my space for my spiritual health. This is not a, I'm going to shit on Los Angeles, but environmentally, I've just always been in Northern California and a cooler weather i'm a redhead people fog san francisco put it together (laughs) la hot hot desert but no i i I do acknowledge though honestly and and within probably sooner than later that i will have to really fully commit to it yet yep i'm i'm coming i'm going (laughs) i'm almost there Well, and that's what makes it easier is is having a community. You know, a lot of people like, oh, Los Angeles, it's the worst place ever. But you know what? There are so many amazing people such as yourself that make up this um, supportive community of people that, you know, it's it's not such like a, oh, God, I'm going to like turn my life apart to make it full time. So it's in the it's on the horizon. It's just realistically on the horizon. There is nature if you don't mind commuting to the studios, at, you know. Right. But you're sure. already commuting. <laughs> what, 386 miles as opposed to <laughs> like 20. Probably better. Yeah. <laughs> Four miles in traffic. That's it's okay. so funny. I usually end these um, interviews after 30 minutes and we've been going 55 minutes. So I just oh, want to God. check in with you. How are you feeling? Because... I think still hot, and I definitely have some questions I didn't get to. So I'll shut up. Go no, don't shut. The whole point is that you keep talking. Okay. Keep asking questions. I'm fine. I'm okay. Totally cool. Okay. So let's see. I mean, we talked about a lot of this stuff. I was curious. Have you been doing, or are you doing a lot of performance capture or motion capture? I've done a couple of things, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I think I can kind of talk about this now because they released it. So I don't know. I did this thing for hello Oculus, but it was more like the demo because they ended up, I think, going with an actual actual child for the voice. Not offended. So I got to spend a day on set and do. I mean, it was 
so much fun. I wish I was a little more prepared because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I mean, I learned quickly. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I'm very proud of is I take direction very well and I'll, <laughs> I'll catch on as quick as you can teach me. But honestly, no, I haven't. I haven't been. Yeah. I've definitely had lots of auditions come through for that, but I want to because it's the perfect marriage of my background of theater, but then still, you know, being physical and, and then also with the expressions. But if you want to be a 80-year-old grandma, you can do that, or you can be a 10-year-old child. So it's such a perfect marriage of voiceover and on-camera work. How about you? What about the memorization? Oh, God, that whole thing. <laughs> well, as it turns out, if you haven't been doing theater for many, many years, that muscle shrinks to like, holy crap, how do I even remember who I am? It's very interesting. I know. Um, actually, right before the pandemic, I used to do more on camera and produce my own sketches. Right. And I love love doing on camera but voiceover has just always been more natural come yeah. come easier so it's been the path I pursued more and I was getting ready to you know do more of a on camera push and then everything has shut down and that, like right. what little muscle that I've worked to be able to remember and get off book for stuff I'm like I don't even know where that is but it seems to me like the voice actors that work a lot in performance capture motion capture actually started it on camera and then came over to right. like notion people like that so i was yeah. curious I'm, I'm curious to find out more and that's something i need to do a little research on to see do you guys have any voice actors that you love that do performance capture or motion capture that you like to see on the show let me know just been doing pcap oh classes virtually virtually melissa's hair gives you the vibes <laughs> the vibes oh because the pigtails i know Hey, I, I did it way before Clem. Now I just do it as mm -hmm. just a real fast on the performance yeah. capture or the memorization thing I've been thinking about. I mean, you can obviously take classes in that, but as a personal practice of getting some monologues or I don't know, the back of a, you know, box crackers, whatever, and just try to like remember. I mean, it is it is a little disconcerting how thankfully the the gig that I had, she was actually going around her house writing things down. That was part of the character's thing. So I had like cheat. <laughs> I had cheat script like on yeah. like, you know, fake notepad thing. But no, it was, I mean, I still have nightmares where I'm like about to walk on stage and I'm supposed to like be in a play and I'm like, I, I don't know the lines. I, I don't know the lines. I don't know the lines. So anyways, okay. makes We're sense that on camera. a lot of really good feedback. So yeah, maybe you guys can just DM me because I'm, I don't know if I can read that fast. Mark Hamill. Yes, let's get him on the show. Sure. <laughs> I'll try to help you I'll with that. I'll get him on the show, guys. I promise <laughs> you. Just like, subscribe. <laughs> hey, you guys. John Bailey just jumped on, Epic Voice Guy. This is our Yay. commercial break where I tell you he's going to be on the show next week. And it's going to be awesome because nobody does better trailer voices than Epic Voice Guy. I can't even... I can't. Yeah, I would try to do it for you, but I know. Like, <laughs> uh, Marky Mark. Okay, get Marky Mark on here, please. Lots of voice actor. Okay, yes. Richard Ian Cox. If you guys don't mind DMing me, I would be super excited. So, but back to the reason the show is here. <laughs> back Melissa. to me. <laughs> Melissa, let's really? talk about 
<laughs> Let's talk about ash from leaves. Leagues of legend. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about all the good things. Okay, I just really wanted to... Totally. Man, the bad things. Sorry, I felt like Maybe I let you down. That let's good. talk about, let's about Ash. 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 Dad Ash, as some of the leaguers would say. So that's a totally different, like, genre of gamers. I rarely meet people yeah. who are like, I love Telltale Games, and I'm also a huge League of like, Legends fan. Yeah, that was, in- that was interesting because it was one of those jobs that in early in my career where, you know, Riot at that time was in San Francisco, Riot Games, and I booked this gig not? in L.A. Okay. They're out of L.A., and I still, I still do Ash. I just was in the, the studio not too long ago. Anyways, it's, uh, it was one of these gigs where I, I think I had like 12, 13 lines total, and like four of those lines were like just laughing <laughs> or like, you know, making sounds, you know. So it was like literally – Take a good look. It's the last you're going to get. Although now she's kind of morphed. She's she does all kinds of things now. She's you know she's a badass warrior. She's a frost arrow warrior. Anyways, frost arrow. Sorry if I'm offending anybody. Arrow frost. About three years later, I had a good friend who was like, "Hey, are you the voice of Ash in League of Legends?" And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." He played it, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's me." I mean, here's the deal. This is not to take away from the importance of the game or the character, but it was literally like 13 lines. The session lasted under an hour, and I was like, whoop, out the door. And then like three or four years later, this game explodes into like tournaments and conventions like based around it. And like these characters, and my character, Ash, is one of the first, you know, original characters and like a tutorial character. Sorry, I'm getting that wrong. So it was an interesting dynamic of putting not so little my heart was in it the performance was fun and great to do but it was just like you know this little thing just showing the different levels of the games industry and and someone just mentioned overwatch it's kind of similar probably because in overwatch they probably have like a rotating like 20 lines of shooting out like one liners like ha ha i got my back i'll get you back you know what i mean like world of warcraft was the first game i ever did and i was with the blood elf that's cool it was a job that i found myself off craigslist and then (laughs) became like what this huge thing it was like the female blood elf people would be like oh yeah Uh, yeah it's just it was a very short like maybe a two-hour session and right yeah, and that, but then it's it, it comes down to wh- who plays it. I mean, right? How many people are playing it? Well, that's that's really cool. And again, with Ash, it's it's yeah. super honored to carry on like a a character for so many years. I mean, there was a huge time span between recording new content for her, but then in the last like four years or so, I've been in the studio quite a bit, and they've built on her character, and it's it's. I mean, that's just too cool to be able to reprise a character after that many years. That was way before The Walking Dead, so it's been like 10, at least 10, way. <laughs> you know, 10, I don't know, it's been a long-ass time. So it's been really cool to, wow. and, I, and I have been to, like, League-related events, and, and it's, just, it's really, it's awesome to see the, the fandomonium. Yeah. <laughs> Not like Space Racers. I know what's up with that. I love space racers. I, know. I, I yeah. mean, I guess part of the preciousness of that Bye, series. Science. 
Did you sing that song? Yeah, with totally. Me. With you. Is that you? Yeah. Was it just, yeah. I guess it was just us. Yeah. It was just us. Being in the studio with actors doing animation and, and doing ensemble work was, I mean, that was just, I had the best time ever uh, recording on the first season. The, the second season, they cut me off. You and Yuri. Well, yeah, you guys would go in and do your stuff, and then I'd come in, I'm like, where's everybody else? And oh, Starling was recording her stuff not separately. The group. <laughs> yeah. It'd be no, like, we can get you in and out in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was fun working with Yuri and Yuri Lowenthal and Johnny Bosch. And yeah. Meyer. Meyer. Mark. I always Mark want to say Risley, but it's Risley. I, <laughs> I don't love him. About Hutching. I know. I was actually, I meant to text. Mark, not that he's on social media, no. to be like, Melissa and I are definitely going to be talking about you tonight. <laughs> you should jump on. He's Mark the best. Lindsay, he's the best. He directed Yokai Watch, Space Racers, The Mr. Men Show. What else? Yep. Well, I think that's it for me. Well, no, I did this new thing coming out, Fairytale Forest, eventually Fairytale coming Forest. out. It was like, I mean, just, you know, super fun little part, but it was, you know, Mel Brooks and Jane Lynch and, you know, all the amazing characters keep your eye out that's all i'm gonna say about it it was fun and he directed it yes that is some good stuff mark Leslie. what are, do you have any like embarrassing stories to share in the booth oh god thankfully not too bad uh-huh. <laughs> there was a one time i peed my pants no i <laughs> <laughs> i thankfully don't have anything too horrible i there was one actual it was a walking dead session and we you know we would break for lunch and i got like a quinoa bowl or something (laughs) and i swear to god this is the problem with voiceover people and roger l jackson i remember lunch or whatever and he's like no 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 it'll make my stomach did i come back yes you're back anyways i had a quinoa bowl and then my stomach was like i was just making these sounds where i was like oh my god oh my god it was like non-stop like and so this is the thing not eating lunch no i ate the quinoa no for him oh for him oh yeah no he was just like i'm not gonna eat lunch because it'll and i thought of him throughout that whole session i was like oh my god this is crazy because my stomach i kept having to be like i'm sorry you guys because the microphone to those who don't understand will pick up like if you have like a frog in your throat or like your gurgle, a gurgle in your stomach, it picks it up. So it was like this nonstop, yeah. like <laughs> just like Jesus Christ, oh, Lord. It, it work with it. Those make those into zombies. Yeah, I know. I should have been like, I, can we come in and lower the mic down to my actual <laughs> stomach at this point because I am putting out some good content, folks. The quinoa. Um, someone asked a really good question. Since you like to sing, do you play any instruments? This is where I I wish I was more like you. I don't. I mean, I can strum a guitar somewhat, and it's a little frustrating, and it's something I should work on because I do love to sing, and people are always like, oh, you should put out music. I'm like, well, I can, I can or carry. Just, or just find acapella. someone that can play for you, you know? I mean, right. it does take a long time to learn guitar. I'm, it, it is an, a challenging instrument. Ukulele right. a little easier, but still, I mean, you could always find someone to play for you. Yeah, that's true. I ha- And I have collaborated here and there. But it is something that, like, I mean, singing beyond the race car driver, actress, veterinarian, being a singer was all, it's, 
I mean, that's my background is musical theater. So I do, I mean, I still sing, I sing all the time, but to incorporate that into my career and I have projects. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I have thankfully, but I, there's a soul connection to my self wanting to be a singer as well. So yes, but I don't play an instrument. Well, life is long. Life. Hopefully. 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 Thankfully and gratefully. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, gratefully. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoot. Well, I'm, you're all uh, laughing. <laughs> maple. Maple. Jason and Bodie yes, there to please. make you another cocktail. It's like an hour um, flight. Yeah. Well, maybe we could work on a duet someday. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. That would be so fun. We so we've already on. done it. We should. Yeah. In the studio, but we could record something live. That would be super fun. That would be super fun. And you're a songwriter. You write. So, I mean, not saying that I can't or don't, but I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you can, can feel that one. You right. know, it's just it just comes down to creating the space and clearing your plate to see what comes up. And I bet you could write some amazing songs. The yeah. thing is, I, I think we all set a really high bar for ourselves. Right. And when I, whenever I think about the bar that I set for myself, I think of all the songs that I've written that I don't want to share because I don't think they're good enough. And I think right. I'm starting to shift the way I feel about that because with social media, I mean, you can put a picture of yourself doing anything and feel like, sure, you know, whatever. So I, I want to start doing more like song sketches where it's just like, here's, yeah. here's something from my heart that's just a little sketch. Yeah. You know, and not think that it has to come out fully fully fleshed out because this right. is a medium for it let's see who do you voice on star wars squadrons is that a question for me i think probably i guess yeah I was like, I, did I, <laughs> hold on uh, let me google myself i play a leader on the new republic side so which is I'm awesome x-wing pilot leader on nice. the new republic side yeah star wars yeah that just came out right think, like yes last week like, or yes last week so finally, my dad will be proud. Is that, is Jay, <laughs> is J.R.S. Stewart, is that, that's not Jeff Stewart, is it? J.R. Stewart 03. Jeff Stewart is an animator and voice actor that actually played Mr. Tickle on the Mr. Men show. Somebody needs a tickle! <laughs> I don't know if that's actually him or it's just like a similar username, but... Melissa, did you ever work with Michael Madsen? That's really cool. No, alas, and unfortunately, especially in the games, the ensemble recordings are, they don't really happen. So Michael Madsen recorded all of his lines separately, never got to meet him, but he did an amazing job, obviously, as Carver. So it was cool working with him. He recorded his lines before me, so I at least got to hear them piped into my headphones during the recording sessions. So technically, I worked off of Michael Madsen, but no, I never got to meet him. Mm. Yeah. I didn't get to meet a lot of the people that (laughs) worked in season two and three uh, and four, honestly. This is crazy. I'm just going to blow some minds right now for the Walking Dead fans. I never met Taylor Parks, who plays AJ. That's Bonkersville. Like, literally, that was the closest, besides Lee and Clem. Dave Fenoy and I are amazingly, amazing friends, but I never met 
the actress who plays AJ, and she did a phenomenal job. I'll leave it at that. Someone would like us, you, us to brainstorm some ideas for Clementine tattoos. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, God. I just saw a Clem tattoo on Twitter today. It was amazing, amazing work. Wow. That, I, how does seen... it feel to have someone have a tattoo of your character? Pretty freaking awesome. Somebody actually got one of Clementine's face, and then I had met them in England at a, in London at a convention, and they got my autograph, like, on top of it. It was pretty... Tattooed? Yeah. But the portrait work they had done was phenomenal. Got a tattoo wow. idea? I mean, it's Clem. So, like, her hat, obviously, just that her hat is so symbolic. Still not bitten, but that's something you're like, what does that mean, dude? Like, well, come on, still not bitten. I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. Let me think on that, and I'll try to, like, respond somehow, somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. A tattoo? That's amazing. Uh, which clan moment was your favorite? Oh, God. You know, as sad as it was and as traumatic as it was, it was probably that final episode between Dave Fenoy and myself. I might have to unplug my headphones here. I hope I don't screw anything up, but I have to charge my... I don't think you will. Can you still hear me? It sounds it's good. Totally crappy. It's good. You can take fine. these out. The final episode of season one, episode five, and again, I won't spoil it in case people haven't seen it, but that scene between Clem and Lee, God, was just one of the most phenomenal experiences of my life in a studio and getting to, you know, feel that emotion as a character. It's, it's once in a lifetime, maybe not once in a lifetime, but definitely just, I would say that's probably the most insane, insanely like, prominent thing I think of when I think of Voice and Clem. This question's come through a few times. Was there one particular age that was the hardest of Clem to voice? But the only thing that was difficult, no. Her voice is, it sits in a place in my throat that's really comfortable. You know, if you if you do like really cartoony girls or like, hey, I'm a boy, you're like, you're pushing and you're like straining. Clem, like literally from this age all the way to this age, she resides in this really comfortable place in my throat. Can I explain it? You probably get it. But between seasons one and two, I think Telltale and the powers that be were kind of freaking out about like, all right, we need to show that she's aged and, but it's only been a couple of years, but she's lived a really horrible life. And I mean, that process, I think I sent them like 16 different versions of what Clem would sound like between being nine years old and 12 years old. And I remember people getting in touch with me being like, hey, this is really important. We got to lock this down. Like, and I'm like, oh, why? Are you going to recast me? <laughs> like, what's happening? Otherwise, I mean, after that, that does happen. Uh, <laughs> and as it turns out, that could have been a possibility. But no, uh, that was the most stressful transition, but it was never like vocally. Yeah. It yeah. was just more like locking in. And once I locked into season two, Clem, and three. I mean, it just, you know, it yeah. just, yeah. So there's that. Well, I'm going to just take a couple more questions and then we're going to have to round it up because. Because it's midnight. It's, it's <laughs> past midnight somewhere. 
Yeah. I did have one more. It's it's just amazing how many people resonate and feel such a strong emotional connection to the character, which I just have to acknowledge you for that. How how awesome that is that you can have that reaction in people. So I guess, you know, I think it's really interesting. It's funny because do you remember the first time we met? Was it not at Raleigh Studios? Probably, yeah. Space racers? Space racers? I love it, sure. And how did you know, how how did you get cast on that show? Was that through Stars, too? I was through Stars. Through Mark Grisly, so it's just like... Yeah, he was, and that was cool because I was at that point, that was literally at the time where I was wanting to shift down to Los Angeles. And I got that audition through San Francisco, and I came down for the callback, and, like, that night, I got the call that I got the gig, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, talk about, like, pivotal, important moments. But I don't think I met you. I definitely didn't meet you that day. I think it was, like, our first – I'm pretty sure the first session was, like, all of us together. So I think that's when we met. I can't even tell you the year. Oh my gosh! I so miss those guys. That that was such a fun show to work on. So good. Um, yeah, can you tell us anything about projects you're currently working on? Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it's uh, the whole voice of Rolla. I would, but then you'd have to kill me. Unfortunately, gosh, <laughs> is there anything? No, I mean, just in the range of things, there was a Lexus spot that I got to do, which was cool. So if you ever watched <laughs> a Lexus commercial where there's like this super awesome convertible sports car and you hear you gotta go you gotta listen quick because my line was literally be back before and then there's a kid i know before dark so that be back before yeah that mom (laughs) so you're the mom playing against type from your usual there are some other projects that are coming up but it's fun i can't really unfortunately talk about them but it's interesting because the character work, the game work, all of it is amazing, but it's also super awesome to work in, you know, national commercials. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and it seems more and more commercials are demoing and not um, necessarily, they're just like demoing everything and yeah. testing, testing, because we just don't know what people are buying anymore. So I was yeah I was honestly surprised this one came out but it was inspir- it's an inspirational car ad of like getting out and it's not not like they're driving into like a a, cat, a concert where there's thousands of people I mean it was one of these like freedom in your own car things but no with the covids and all that yeah it's it's been it's been interesting it's been a weird I know. And then the way to book, it's like we we kind of started talking about the pandemic, but just to, to kind of wrap things up, do you have any words of inspiration for people that are out there, things that maybe have inspired you or words you can leave us with? Oh, gosh, I should have prepared for this. You know, I mean, I kind of just throw it back to, you know, one of the things that I try to retain throughout my life, whether it be with my career or my health or just goals that I visualize for myself. I hate, I don't hate the expression fake it till you make it, but there is something to like whatever situation you want to call into your life, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be inspired by. Just, I have personally found it just so important 
and and just a huge what's the word functionality of how I've gotten to where I'm at mm -hmm. by visualizing what I want, writing about it, like just seeing yourself doing what you want to do or being in the space that you want to be in and, and just make that a daily practice. And that's been, and for mental health, that's been amazing for a career. That's been amazing. Just, just everyday life. It's been an amazing practice that, that I've really put work into adopting. Uh -huh. Yeah. Are there any particular books that you read that got you started on that or any? There um, are a few. Oh my God. What comes to mind right now? There's a, geez. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Hold on. It's right here in front of me. There's one. <laughs> Ask and it is given. Ah, uh, yeah. Esther and Jerry Hicks. Oh um, yes. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, yes. Yeah, that is definitely one of the, I mean, anything that's, you know, you throw out books like The Secret, which I, I think it's amazing. People might shut it down. But I mean, really, we have the power to visualize what we want in our lives. And if mm -hmm. we put that energy and that intention and paint that picture for ourselves, then it can happen. I, <laughs> I am a shining example. Now I'm not saying that my life is perfect and I definitely have days where I have to fight my own negativity and, 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 but I just, I personally found that to be an amazing practice. That's gotten me through some interesting times and some amazing yeah. and going forward. And that is really the practice of focusing on what you want to create in your life instead of focusing on either where you're at or the negative in the situation, yeah. which naturally attracts those good things to you. So totally. Yeah. I'm also a, a disciple from the, you know, I, I think even just as a science-based kind of literal person at times too, both creative, spiritual and realist literal. I mean, even from a realist little literal perspective, when you create a sense of joy and happiness and gratitude with your life, then you're bringing that energy every day. You're happy to go to work instead of being like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Bringing that kind of like judgment towards everything. But I think it's an ongoing practice. Oh, sure. It's, it's easy enough to get off track, but. Yeah, and again, yeah, easier sometimes, easier said than done. Than done. <laughs> I don't wake up every day like, life is perfect and beautiful and yay. I mean, there are, it, it can be a, a struggle to I just find that if I'm starting especially these days kids if you're starting to spin out just think of anything anything that makes you happy and grateful like uh, vanilla ice cream my dog I mean just anything if you can flip that switch from going from the negative to just anything this shirt I love the shirt whatever just say something you know that you're grateful for and it's it's kind of magic how your brain starts to click out of that space of like oh shit into like oh okay got this yeah, yeah. melissa we could talk all night i'm having so <laughs> much fun but take this to the kitchen and <laughs> i really have to pee and yeah, no, no, no. i know <laughs> well this is this um, is what we get for not hanging out for way too long no well you know yeah. first of all when you get back to la we should definitely do a social distance maybe we can have you back in a few months because people have tons of questions that we haven't gotten to for anybody that's just tuning in this show is called allison's wonderland 
Every week we interview someone that works in animation or video games, everything from show creators to voice actors, storyboard artists, animators. We really take a broad picture of the whole industry. So please um, follow me and then my IGTV. We do this every week. So come hang out. We would love to see you on here. And Melissa. Hey. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone that's out there. I love you so much. Seriously, thank you so much for writing in. And if I could reach out and hug every single one of you, I would. I'm doing that right now, I swear. And you too, Ellie. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Is it awkward yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It never will be. <laughs> I love you. You too. I will be talking to you soon and I will see you soon in person and we will cheers and glass. I'll like reach over and like breathe that way, whatever. <laughs> However, we'll use those like tongs to like cheers from six feet apart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, girly. I love you too. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.